Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. We spoke about our yes to God, our yes to Jesus, and and we said that we wanted to go after not just a vague yes, not just a yes in general to God, but a yes that we couldn't ignore. Something that God has called us to, to such a deep level that we are no longer able to do life as usual and to, to not pay attention to what it is that he is speaking to us. And so a yes that we couldn't ignore is what we spoke about. And part of what that was, was a desire to know him more deeply, a, a desire to walk more intimately with him, and a desire to really hear his voice, to hear the voice of God. But when I say something like that, I don't want to just quickly gloss over those words, hearing the voice of God. I don't want to just say those words and just treat them very casually. Because when we're talking about hearing the voice of God, we're talking about something with great significance. To be able to hear what God is speaking to us is something that we should treat with great reverence, with great respect. It's not something we should just throw around. But the other thing about this, when I say hearing the voice of God, what I recognize at times is maybe within us, when I say those words, we start to question whether or not we can hear the voice of God. There might be some in this room, some watching online that have felt at times in their lives that they have really tried to hear the voice of God. They have really attempted to hear what he is saying, and and yet they have felt unable to do so. And I want to be sensitive to that today, but I do want to talk about a few very specific principles in regards to being able to hear God speaking. And the very first one that I want to talk about today may be one of the most important, which is number one, yes, we are meant to hear the voice of God. That for each one of us as sons and daughters of God, we are meant to and we are able to hear God speaking to us. That fact alone should be something that stirs something up within us. That we are meant to hear the voice of God. And and I want to say, for those who right away feel some sense of condemnation, I I want to allow you to walk through this process with us today, because we're going to look at quite a bit of scripture. I want to encourage anyone who has their Bible today, and I often encourage you guys to bring your physical Bibles, to turn right now to the book of John, around chapter 10. We're going to be jumping around a little bit here today, but I want to see what the Bible says about hearing the voice of God. I want to see the examples that have been given to us in Scripture, and I want to really recognize this fact also, that just by virtue of you being here today, just by virtue of you being present in this room, by tuning in online, it's proof that you hear the voice of God. It's proof that you are responding to something where God is reaching out to you, where Jesus is reaching out to you, and you're saying yes to him. So if you don't feel like you can hear the voice of God, I want to encourage you today. You've already made a really important first step in responding to his voice. Okay, so I want to look first at John chapter 12, verse 32, which very simply says this. It's Jesus speaking. He says, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. That's what, that's what we're doing in responding to God here today. Jesus says, when I am lifted up, when he was lifted up on the cross, I am going to draw all people to myself. 
I am going to speak a word to them that they are going to respond to. And when they respond to that, they are going to walk in deeper relationship with me. So I want to just make that very clear today that God is speaking. My question here today is, have you recognized his voice? God is speaking. Have you recognized his voice? And so this morning, we're going to look at six principles on hearing the voice of God. But we're not going to stop there. Principles are good. Then I want to talk about five specific ways that you and I are able to hear the voice of God. We're not just going to say, God speaks, go home, listen, everything's going to be good. I want to talk about this in some depth today, and I'm prayerful that we're going to have enough time to do so. So number one, once again, the first point, the first principle we're going to look at here today is that God is speaking to you. So how do we know this is true? As with anything else in our walk with God, we have to start with the person of Jesus. In the life of Jesus, we see a relationship between father and son where Jesus continually pulls away from the noise, from the chaos, from the situations of earth to speak with his Abba, to speak with his father. And then we see what it says in John chapter 12, verse 49. He says, For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the father who has sent me has given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. We see very clearly that when Jesus was speaking, he was speaking a word that was spoken to him by the Father. Continually throughout Scripture, we see Jesus would pull away to the wilderness. He would pull away to a quiet place. He would pull away from all the things that were going on to hear what God was saying. And when he was doing this, he was giving us an example of what we were meant to follow after. When Jesus came to earth, we know that he came for a purpose. We, knew, we know that he came to establish his kingdom here on earth. We know that he came to die on a cross, to rise again, to be able to give us a relationship, a restoration of our relationship with God. But he also came to give us an example of who we were supposed to be and what our lives were meant to look like in relationship with the Father. This is why on a few occasions when we look through the Gospels, we see Jesus turning around to his disciples and being like, really guys? Like, of all the things that I've shown you, of all the things that I've taught you, you still don't get it? You're still getting worried about these things? You're still asking to see certain things? I've been with you all this time. I am the example that you are meant to follow. And that transcends just Jesus speaking to his disciples. It's for us as well. He lived life so that we could see what it was to walk in relationship with the Father. And I think that sometimes I can relate to those disciples. Where it's like, okay, God, you've shown me, you've given us the example, and yet so many times I feel like I'm in this learning process as a child, still trying to get it right. Still trying to learn what it is to follow the example that's been set before me. But who knows that in the kingdom of God, it's okay to be like a child. We don't want to stay always in a, in a place of childlike, yes, faith, but not maturity. We want to continue to advance and to go deeper in our relationship with God. And when the disciples go to Jesus in Luke chapter 12 and they say, Jesus, teach us to pray. What's the first word or the first two words that Jesus shows them to pray? Our Father. He says, Father. 
He wants us to know that in our time with God, our relationship with God as Father really matters. Our ability to see Him as our Father really and truly matters. If we're meant to come to relationship with God, we have to recognize that He is a Father, and as a Father, He wants to speak with His children. What kind of father would not speak with his own children? And not just the father, but the perfect father. In Luke chapter 11, verses 10 through 13, Jesus says, For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be open. What father among you, if you ask your son, or your son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God is the perfect Father. And as the perfect Father, he speaks to his children. Jesus goes on to say in John chapter 10, verse 27, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. So God, as the perfect Father, is speaking. And we've established that he's speaking now, but the question becomes, how does he speak to us? So principle number two today is that God speaks to us through his Spirit. Jesus knew as he walked on earth that he was setting an example for us that we were meant to follow after that he would pull away, that he would speak with the Father, that he would hear from the Father, and then he would speak what, what God was showing him, right? But he also knew very well that it wasn't enough for him just to give us an example, that he had to actually leave the earth because he was going to leave to us something that we would actually need, someone who we would need to fulfill all that he called us to do. He knew he was preparing his followers for a greater level of encounter. John chapter 16, verse 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. The helper he's speaking about very clearly is the Holy Spirit. I will leave you the Holy Spirit. And it was through the Holy Spirit that God was going to bring a deeper level of relationship with God. That he was going to take it from a place of theory to a practical, lived-out reality in our lives. And it was the Spirit that was going to be the conduit through which he was going to speak to us. John chapter 14, verses 25 and 26 says, All this I have spoken while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. John chapter 16, verse 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. The Holy Spirit is speaking. 
He is speaking to us. And what is he speaking? He's speaking to us out of accordance with what Jesus has said. He's speaking to us in accordance with the word of God. The Holy Spirit is speaking to us. All right, number three. This is where we start to to learn some of the parameters of what it is that we're talking about here today. God is speaking. He speaks through the Holy Spirit. But number three is that God is always going to speak according to his nature. This is extremely important for us to hear today because whether or not you've been a Christian for six days, six months, six decades, uh, if you've been a Christian for longer than that, I definitely want to talk to you, but definitely it's, it's possible. If God is going to speak with us, he's going to speak to us out of his nature. And so if that's the case, it's so important that we accurately know who he is and the nature of God. I love this quote from A.W. Tozer. It's been used quite a bit in the last couple of years. It says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. I really think there is so much truth in this quote. And I've heard people maybe question a few aspects of it, but I, I really believe what he was saying in this is that the most important thing about who we are is knowing who he is And the way that we see him. It's not that our viewpoint is the most paramount thing. It's who is he? Do we accurately see and know who God is? Because if we attribute too many things to God that that are of our own understanding, then we're going to create our own understanding of who God is. If we think that he is so full of, of grace and mercy that we could just do whatever we want at any point in time, and he's just like, good job too far to one extreme. If we come to the other extreme where God is looking at every single thing we do with with judgment and anger in his heart because we've screwed up again, once again, our own understanding, we have to know the God of the scripture. We have to know who God is in context from the Old Testament to the New Testament. We have to know who he is and who he has said that he is and not to just look at him through our own prism of our own history, our own situations, the things that we've gone through, but to recognize who he really is. What I see happen all too often, though, and usually this happens in conversations that I have with people outside of the church, but but certainly within the church as well, they look at God as this angry father who is so disappointed with them. Now, especially if you grew up with a father who resembled that, an angry father, a disconnected father, a father who was abusive in any way, it's very easy to start to translate some of what you have experienced onto God. And if that's the way that we look at God, if that's the way that we we see him, well, when we go before him, what do we expect to hear? We expect to hear uh, a condemnation, a word of condemning, a shame, judgment, to hear you've done something wrong again, you've screwed up. And the voice of, of that, that condemnation inside of us, we start to attribute to God. If that's the voice that we hear when we think about God, how do we think we're going to respond to him? Do we think we're going to come to him time and time again to build a deeper relationship? Or are we going to start to create a little bit of distance and separation? It's so important how we see him. If we see Jesus as a disconnected savior, 
who only cares for those who are perfect, who only loves those who do everything right, instead of a Savior that died and gave everything for us, I don't think that we're going to see him as somebody who actually wants to be in relationship with us. It's so important that we see him clearly. And this is why we have to fix our eyes on Jesus. This is something we're going to talk about in greater depth next week. But we have to fix our eyes on Jesus. We have to see Jesus as the beautiful, loving Savior who gave his very life for us. That's not to say there aren't times of correction. That's not to say there aren't times where he says to us, listen, this is something you've believed. You've been way off base. This is something you've been doing. We need to adjust that. We need to change that. But it's always going to come out of a place and a heart of love instead of out of a place that we often look at of anger and disconnection. The way we see God really matters. We have to turn our attention to who he really is. And, and I almost hesitate to say this today because I don't want you to think that I'm, I'm saying this is gospel. But if you've ever seen the show The Chosen, I think it does such an amazing job of taking the reality of the Bible and to give us a picture of what it may have looked like. To, to show us a Jesus who actually walked on this earth. It may not be 100% accurate because we, we don't have a script here in the Bible. We have elements of who he is. But it speaks to the nature that we know to be true of God. That he was a real person who walked this earth in reality and actually was aware of the situations of the day. Who actually knew that for the joy set before him, he was going to endure the cross. Who knew at that time that he was going to give everything to bring us back into perfect relationship. He really existed on this earth. I know we know this, but sometimes it helps just to get a greater picture of what that looks like. You see, we have to realize that instead of a God who simply sees us as little more than sinful children that he is simply tolerating until we get to heaven, if we can see that he is a loving father who has redeemed us through the blood of Jesus, it starts to give us a better picture of who he is, and it starts to give us greater clarity on what he's saying. It's in this place that we begin to realize that he's not just speaking, but he's speaking out of a place of love and a place of desire to be in an intimate relationship with his children. All right, number four. So we have God is speaking. He speaks through his spirit. He's always going to speak out of his nature. And number four is that God's voice will never violate his word. Once again, really important for us to realize. Remember what Jesus said the Holy Spirit is going to do. It says in chapter 14, verse 26, and he will remind you of everything that I have said to you. God's voice will never violate his nature, and it will certainly never violate his word. When we are hearing the voice of God, whether it's for ourselves, if someone else is speaking it, we have to understand that his voice, his word, is never going to violate what he has said. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 18 says that it is impossible for God to lie. God is not going to violate his word. It's an important parameter for us to have when we're listening to his voice. 
It's important for us to note, too, that we have to be able to once again read the Bible in context. The entirety of the Bible is true, but also we have to recognize that there are some things that were spoken in the Old Covenant that as they went through the cross of Jesus, that they have taken on new life and new meaning. That Jesus took everything that was in the Old Testament, he fulfilled it, and in a lot of cases, he actually raised the bar. He raised the standard. So we have to know what he said in his word from Old Testament to New Testament. But it's really important that we recognize what was done on the cross. I want to point to Acts chapter 10 for this. There's the story that we're going to look at with a little more detail going forward. But it's the story of Peter on a rooftop. He goes into a trance or he sees a vision. And without going too deep into all the story, there's a sheet that is lowered in front of him. And on it is all of the things that he's not supposed to touch, that he's not supposed to, to interact with as a Hebrew, according to the word, according to the law of Moses. But as the sheet's coming down, he hears his voice from, set, from heaven saying, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter says, no way. This is a trick. I know, I know there, this is a trap. This is not good. I'm not doing that. And three times this happens. And finally, he gets the picture. It's interrupted by a knock on the door. And what God is saying is, I've actually taken the word that I've spoken, and I've fulfilled it in a new way in the new covenant. I want you to go to the Gentiles and to preach the gospel. You see, God never violates his word, so it's so important that we understand what his word is saying both in the Old Testament, but especially as we move through the cross into the New Testament. What is he saying? So God will never violate his nature. He will never violate his word. I want to add something to this point here today. I'm going to call this point four, subsection B. This is not in your notes. I would encourage you not to take notes on this part. But for anyone who's been in church for any length of time, you'll know what I'm saying in this. Very rarely is God going to show up and speak to you and from across the room show you the person that you're going to marry. I'm not saying it's never going to happen. But if you've grown up in church for any period of time, what I've seen to be true are there are two people that are often very confident in their ability to hear the word of God in church. Number one, it's those who walk in the gift of the prophetic. And number two, it's the young man or young woman who has seen the the woman or the man of their dreams and instantly heard a revelation from God. That's the one I'm going to marry. It doesn't matter if they've never had a conversation before. It doesn't matter if they've never even met before. But in their heart, they know this is the truth. In all seriousness, though, I, I think that it is really important for us to recognize that when we're listening to the voice of God, he's never going to violate his word. He's never going to violate uh, his, his nature. But when it comes to emotional things, especially love, sometimes I think that it's important, always it's important, but to really bring in community around us. To, to hear wise counsel, to hear wise advice. I'll be honest, a couple times in my life, I'm like, this was God. Thus saith the Lord, this is the one. And I'm like, thank Jesus that I didn't actually, you know, get what I wanted in that situation. 
we have to, we have to bring sometimes, and, and once again, don't take notes on this. I, I haven't really thought this, this out really well. But we do have to bring common sense into our ability to hear what God is saying at times. We have to recognize what is truth, okay? And so community is a great way to do that. Okay, I'm glad we got that out of the way. Number five. This is really where I want to get to today. We have to realize that in hearing the voice of God in our lives, that God is not limited to one channel. What do I mean by this? When we read the Bible and we look in the Old Testament, specifically at 1 Samuel chapter 3, we hear this story about this amazing young man named Samuel. Samuel's sleeping in the temple. He hears this voice. It wakes him up. He thinks that it's Eli. He runs over to Eli. Eli, did you call for me? Eli says no multiple times. The third time he says, when you go back and you lay down and you hear this voice again, I want you to respond, speak, Lord, for your servant listens. So he does this, and this incredible thing happens that God speaks, he responds, and God breaks through time and space to speak a word to a young boy. That, that the audible voice of God actually comes to earth and speaks to this child when the high priest is, is sleeping just a few yards away. It's incredible. It's an amazing story. But sometimes I feel as though we have shaped our whole understanding of the way God speaks based off of that story. That sometimes we think that if God is going to speak to me, it's going to be in that same way that he is going to speak audibly from heaven. Everything is going to shake. It was something internally, maybe it's not an audible voice, but everything inside of me is going to just react to this word that is being spoken. And I think when that happens, very often what we can do is we can limit our ability to hear the way that God speaks to us. There are times where we expect it to look one way and and God is speaking to us another. That if we get so wrapped up in the way that we think he's going to speak to somebody because we saw him speak to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob and to Job and, and to Moses in a certain way and to Samuel, we think this is how God's going to speak to me. And then we miss the still small voice that God is speaking to us in our time with him. God is not limited to speaking to us in one way and one way only. I would suggest today that in the same way that he has created each one of us to be unique, to be gifted, to be very specific, that in the same way that he's made us in that way, that he has a unique way to speak to each one of us. He's not limited to one channel, but what we do so often is we think that it has to sound a certain way because we've heard somebody get up on stage one time and say, thus saith the Lord, and and speak a word. Not to diminish that at all. But sometimes we think this is how it has to look like. This is what it has to sound like. And we put God and our relationship with God in a box. And when we don't hear that way, we start to question whether or not he's actually speaking. We start to question whether or not he's actually speaking to us. On earth right now, I think it's estimated that there are 7,150 something languages being spoken right now. And throughout history, that's like 30,000 plus languages that have been spoken throughout history. Can I ask why, if, if we are speaking 7,000 plus languages, we think that God only speaks one way? 
We know he doesn't just speak to us in English, right? English might be the official you know, language of, of many countries around the world, but, but God speaks to us where we are. And it's so important that we recognize how God speaks to us. I was expecting maybe just a little bit of agreement with that, perhaps. You see, in the midst of our busy lives, in, in this time of constant distraction, in the middle of often emotional turmoil... I think far too often it's easy to become much more familiar with other voices that are going on instead of the voice of God that is speaking to us. But God as our Father is speaking to us. And and just as in the same way that I wouldn't always speak to my kids, Caleb and Ellie, the same way, God speaks to us in unique ways. I I can say one thing to Caleb and I know he's going to hear me and listen to me. I can say something else to Ellie and I don't think she listens to me at all. But the fact of the matter is, is I, I, we have to speak differently at times, and God speaks to us differently. So instead of limiting God, we have to recognize that within Him and our relationship in Him, there's room to explore. There's room to seek. There's room to develop a deeper hunger in our union with Him. And when we go back to those principles that God is never going to violate His Word and He's never going to violate His nature within that, we need to take the time to hear the way that he speaks to us. Often in marriage counseling, I'll, I'll bring up the five love languages. We've all heard about the five love languages, right? Some of us. No one's ever heard of it before, so I'm going to tell you what they are. Words of affirmation, physical touch, receiving gifts, quality time, acts of service. The premise is that within a relationship, we all communicate love in a unique way. And it's good to know how we communicate love and how we receive love. But I would say, at least for the husbands in the room, it's much more important that we understand how our spouse, how our wife communicates and receives love. I would say in the same way, it's so important that we learn how God communicates and speaks to us. Because point number six today is that God speaks to us in relationship. God speaks to us in relationship. And if we want to be able to deepen our relationship with Him, we have to know how He speaks to us. The more time that we spend with God, the more that we we spend time in His presence, the more that we take the time to go deeper and to listen to His voice, the more we start to learn about who He really is. I have to say my wife in our relationship is pretty amazing at knowing what I'm feeling even when I'm not speaking. And, and this, is, this is an important part of marriage, right? Learning body language. Jamie knows when I'm happy, when I'm sad, when I'm excited, when I'm hungry. The last one's pretty easy. Um, she has this ability to pick up on things without me even saying it. I, I shared this a couple of weeks ago, but I think it was on a Wednesday night. Jamie made dinner for us, and it was delicious as it always is. And I'm not just saying that. It was so good. But sometimes it's just not enough. I think she cooks for like a family of 10, just so me and Ellie will have enough to eat. But I, I remember after dinner, I, I thought it was a delicious meal, but I was still really hungry. And so I thought to myself, I have this brilliant plan. I'm going to ask Jamie if she wants me to go out and get her dessert, get her some ice cream. And while I'm out, I'm going to grab myself a slice of pizza. 
And that way I'm not like, you know, hurting her feelings that there wasn't enough food or anything like that. She's going to think I'm this amazing husband going out and getting her dessert. And so I said, Jay, do you want me to go grab you some dessert? And she said, you don't want to get dessert. You just want to go get a slice of pizza. And I was like, how the heck did you know that? I I kid you not, not just that I wanted to go get food, but she knew it was going to be pizza. She knew exactly what my plans were. And I thought I was doing such a good job of hiding what I was really thinking. I have to say, I'm getting pretty good at learning her body language as well, but it's really limited to just one thing. I really am getting good at understanding when she's upset with me. When she's angry with me, I don't miss that most of the time. In our walk with God, we have to get to the point of such deep relationship where we begin to experience his heart, where we begin to feel his heartbeat, what he's saying, what he's thinking, what he's feeling. He wants deeper relationship with us, church. I just want to make that point today because I don't know if I'm going to get to the rest of them. He wants deeper relationship with us. He doesn't want us just to be these these Christians, once again, that just go through the checklist and say, okay, I did this today, I did this today, I did this today. But to develop a deeper relationship where we know what and when he's speaking. I do want to cover some of these because I think it's so important that we see the practical aspect of some of these things here today. Because it's not just that he's speaking, not just that we have a responsibility to hear what he's speaking, but to know the different ways that he speaks to us. I want to suggest today, I'm going to go through just five fairly quickly. But God is not limited even to these ways. He speaks to us through scripture. He speaks to us in times of worship. He speaks to us through prophetic words that others might give us. He speaks to us by just being able to go outside and to look at the creation that he has made, that he has spoken to existence. He speaks to us in so many ways. But there are five ways that I want to look at today that I think will be extremely beneficial if we know these ways and we begin to develop whichever way God speaks to us in our lives, okay? So we're going to go through five. They're kind of like the love languages. So the five different ways we're going to talk about quickly are hearing, feeling, seeing, knowing, and dreaming. Now, some of this study has come from uh, a woman named Havila Cunnington, who has done an awesome job in this area. I've put a link to the study in your study notes today. If you don't know, we have study notes down below. When you come in, you can grab one of those on the way out. Uh, But hearing is the ability to hear God's voice in words. Feeling is the ability to feel and experience God internally. Seeing is seeing in pictures and visions Knowing is knowing with clarity what is true, and dreaming is hearing and seeing God in our dreams. Once again, it's not limited to these, but I want to just go through these quickly because as we're listening, I want us to start to identify the way that we tend to hear God's voice. And maybe you haven't ever experienced it before, but through knowing that there are more ways than one that God speaks, you can begin to develop that that gift of hearing a little bit more. You could start to pay attention a little bit more in the ways that God has created you uniquely to be able to hear his voice. So the first one is hearing. The word that I've used a lot in this message today is hearing the voice of God. But when I say hearing, I'm specifically speaking about hearing what God has said through words. 
hearing his voice. And, and once again, in the Old Testament, we see a lot of God speaking audibly, coming through uh, time and space so that we could hear God with our ears. And I'm not saying that he never does that anymore. I've never heard his audible voice. But for me, often it's the words that I hear internally. I hear God speaking internally. And this is probably the way that most of us think about hearing from God. We get into a place of intimacy with him, we begin to listen, and we begin to hear actual words. But this isn't always the case for all of us. Uh, But for hearing, for me at least, it starts with the process of slowing down, silencing some of the other noise that's going on in my life, maybe listening to worship, maybe not, it just depends. But really focusing in on what I believe God is saying in my spirit. It looks like taking the time to tune in. And this is the truth with any of of these ways of hearing, but if we were to rewind 30 years ago, maybe more, if we were to get into a car and we wanted to listen to music and we didn't have Spotify at that time, or cell phones really, or anything else, and we didn't have a cassette or an 8-track or whatever it is, we'd have to turn on the radio. But to hear what we wanted to hear on the radio, there was a dial, right? And through the static and through the noise and through everything else, we had to tune the dial in just right to be able to find the station, to be able to receive the signal that was being broadcast. This was much of my childhood trying to listen to Yankee games on AM radio. It was like you would turn it and turn it and you would just about get it, but then you would go too far and you'd have to back up a little bit. And it always sounded like there was a lot of crowd noise, but that's just because there was a lot of static Sometimes for me, this is what it's like hearing the voice of God. It's taking that time to really just tune in. But the more we get familiar in a good way, not familiar with, oh, I just hear the voice of God, but we become more aware of how God speaks, it becomes easier to tune in to the frequency of what he's saying. We have to get through the noise. So John chapter 10, verse 27 says this, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Verse 5 says, A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not follow the voice, or they do not know the voice of strangers. So this is the question I want to ask quickly when it comes to hearing the voice of God. How do we know when it's him, and how do we know when it's us? This is a good question, right? This is the question that is always asked. It's a question I've asked myself. Quickly, I just want to say this, go back to, is what you're hearing in agreement with the Word of God and the nature of God. Let's start there. But then what I would like to encourage you to do is to begin to then take note, take account of what he's saying. What I suggest doing is taking out a notepad, taking out a phone, your your, your notepad and your phone, and begin to listen and to write what you hear. I don't know about you, I'm terrible with grammar, so when I hear a word and I'm writing it down, there's no commas, there's no periods, there's maybe an exclamation point. That's not the important part. But begin to write down what you feel like he's saying. Don't worry about how the word is spelled even. Just write what you hear him saying and go back and look at it. Go back and look at it. Bring it to somebody you trust. But I, It's in this process. I haven't found this black and white. This is exactly what it's supposed to look like. This is exactly what it's supposed to sound like. But as you continue to allow him to flow through you, look at it. Ask for clarification. Ask for discernment in what you're reading. 
And just one other piece of advice that maybe you shouldn't take notes on. If you read what you wrote in the moment and it makes com- uh, complete and perfect sense, that's a good thing. But if you come back to it later and it really doesn't make sense at all, that's probably the confirmation that it was God. If you go back to it later on and you're like, what was I thinking? I'm not saying this is true 100% of the time, but very often it doesn't make sense because when we were listening, we were in the atmosphere of the king. We were in a place where what was impossible becomes possible, where God is able to speak things that are beyond our natural comprehension. And if we go back to it later on, just as we're going about our day, often the question is, what was I thinking? What, what was I thinking in this? That, that doesn't seem possible. That dream that God gave me in that time of going out and starting this ministry that's going to reach millions, that can't be God. But we have to take the time to learn his voice, and I suggest and encourage you to do that in his presence. Seek his presence. Seek to, to, to be able to experience him, to just make that time and practice don't give up. Don't stop because you don't feel like you hear uh, something right away. Don't give up and walk away because you didn't feel anything. It's not about our emotions. It's about taking that time to spend with our Father, to, to learn His voice, to learn what that is to spend time with Him and to be around Him. And, and, and that's just a part of this. All right, I want to touch on the rest of these quickly. Maybe I should abort now, but the Super Bowl is not yet, so I'm going to just hit the rest of these quickly. Number two is feeling. Often in our society, in our culture today, we look at emotions as being such a negative thing. And for sure, being led by our emotions is generally a really bad thing. To be led by what we feel all the time, we have to be very aware of how often that happens. But I have a question today. Who is the one that designed you to have emotions? Are we sure about that? God's the one that gave us emotions, right? Is he able to take something that he has given to us to use it to be able to speak to us? Absolutely. We don't want to be driven by our emotions, but we want to be aware of what God might be speaking to us through what we feel and through what we experience internally. The ability to recognize God's presence in your life, even in the little things throughout your day, is an example of hearing God through what you're feeling. To be able to go through life and and maybe you're not even thinking about God in that moment, but something happens and you just begin to feel his presence. When you walk into a room, we can probably all relate to this. We walk into a room and you start to feel something is just off. Has anyone ever felt that before? You walk into a room and you're like, something is off. Now, maybe it's because they were just talking about you and they stopped the second that you walked into the room. Or maybe it's because there is something that God is doing in that place or, or there is something that is done by the enemy in the spiritual realm that we're feeling and we're experiencing. Too often we can push that away. We cannot really think much of it and maybe God is showing us something in those moments that he wants us to, to pray about, that he wants us to go deeper in. It's important that we take time to recognize that God can use so many different things to speak to us and we don't want to limit him. Havilah Cunnington said this, those who feel also see the Lord in the little things. Experiencing his heart in presence in the small details of life that others might miss. It's important that we take the time to recognize what God might be saying to us even through our emotions. 
All right, next one, seeing. The book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verses 2 through 3, in the message translation says, And then God answered, write this. Write what you see. Write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. This vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait. And it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on its way. It will come right on time. God was speaking to this prophet. He was saying, write down what you see. I'm showing you something that's in front of you. I want you to pay attention to it. I want you to recognize that I'm speaking something to you, but I'm giving it to you in a way for you to be able to see and to be able to experience on that level. We already talked about the vision with Peter where he's standing on the rooftop and he sees the sheet coming down. Very often for me, even when we're in a time of worship and and I close my eyes, I'll start to see pictures. I'll, I'll start to see a glimpse of something. And out of that picture, God will begin to speak through it. He'll begin to, to give clarity or revelation based off of the thing that he is, he's showing us in that time. We've had individuals who have come up to me and said, Pastor Sam, I need to tell you, I saw angels in this room. I saw something in the spiritual realm. I, I, two specific people told me coming up this driveway that they saw angels on the way up the driveway. We've seen people and heard of people who have visions coming into this house and seeing lines of people lining up and down the road, coming into every doorway of this house because of what is present in it with the Spirit of God. There is the ability to see, and God wants to give us this vision at times. And, and maybe for you, you start to see things on a regular basis, but you, you dismiss them as just being your own imagination. Can I tell you that if God can use your emotions to speak to you, He can very, very easily use your imagination? Maybe you're somebody who seems to think in 3D. It's not just thoughts, but it's so normal to you to see pictures on a regular basis. Maybe you thought God has never spoken to me before, but you have disregarded him speaking to you through your ability to see, through your ability to look at things that aren't physically there. Just something to pay attention to. All right, the next one is knowing. Now, when I say knowing, this can really be looked at in a few different ways, but I would use the words discernment and intuition. Discernment and intuition. Job chapter 38 verse 36 says, Who has put wisdom in the inward parts or given understanding to the mind? This word understanding can be translated as consideration, discernment, and intuition. Now there are a lot of really smart people in this room. I don't want you to walk away saying, I have the gift of knowing, and the thing that I'm thinking is the right thing because God told it to me. Pastor Sam said, I know the truth, and that's what God has said. That's different than intuition and discernment. God has the ability to speak to us in different ways, and sometimes it's not going to be just through a word or through a thus saith the Lord, but there is something that he has deposited inside of us that we know, that we know, that we know that God is doing something. That we know, we don't know how we know, we don't know how it's going to take place, but we know that this thing that we're believing for, asking for, praying for, this thing that we're speaking, maybe it's a word of knowledge, there is something that we simply know inside of us because we've come in tune with the Spirit of God. And sometimes, once again, this can be looked at as, I don't hear God. And God's like, I've given you the gift of discernment, of intuition, of knowing. Do not diminish the way that God speaks to you. 
Don't diminish the way that God reveals things to you. God is speaking, but we need to be listening. All right, the final one today is dreaming. Very often this can be put into the category of of seeing, but I think that dreaming is this amazing gift. Sometimes people come up to me and they tell me the dreams that they had, and they're in such incredible detail that I'm like, my mind is blown. I dream about things that are a result of the things that I ate the night before. My, my dreams are not very in-depth. A couple of times, I will say, I've had prophetic dreams that I knew were prophetic dreams. But some people, and maybe this is you here today, you dream all the time. You dream in deep detail, in color. You dream about things that are supernatural, demonic, angelic, things that, are, that seem to be nightmares, and things that are, are just, there's a lot going on in your sleep. And sometimes you might think it's just what you ate the night before too. But God is speaking to you in your dreams. God is speaking to you through your time of sleep and rest, and he's wanting to show you things. Once again, take the time, write it down, look at it. It doesn't mean that every dream is from God. But sometimes God is speaking to you in those places, and he wants to give you clarity on what you've dreamed because he's asking you to take authority in the spiritual realms. Because there is a battle to be fought. Our battle's not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. And sometimes, from what I've found, individuals in their time of sleep enter into this realm of seeing things that they couldn't see with their own eyes. But that God uses that time. And I just want to encourage you, if that's you, once again, don't think God doesn't speak to me, but recognize how he is speaking to you. Recognize that he is showing you things that maybe you never would have had the ability to see during the time where you are awake, but he wants to show you something in the time where you sleep that you can respond to when you're spending time with him. In all of these things, I just want to encourage you once again. God is speaking. He's speaking to you. He is a good father who loves you more than you could ever imagine. God isn't hiding from you. God isn't playing hard to get in the way that sometimes we think where it's just like, if I get to this place of being holy enough, then I'm going to get to hear from God. Then I'm going to get to experience God. Then I'm going to get to feel his presence and hear his word. But God is speaking to you right now. And sometimes it's just a matter of clearing away the other noises and tuning into his voice. But we have to recognize that he's speaking. We have to recognize that all that he is doing is giving us an invitation to go deeper in him, to go deeper in relationship with him. He's always going to speak according to his word. He's always going to speak according to his nature. And he's always going to speak to you from a place of greater understanding than we could ever have here on earth. God is wanting to speak to our church. He's wanting to speak to his body. And now, as much as ever before, and more than ever before, he's wanting to pour out his spirit on all flesh, that we would be able to see visions, to dream dreams, to be able to know what he's doing right now. And we need a church that is going to be connected to the source, so that we are able to pray and come into agreement with all that he's doing right now, and all that he wants to do through us. Amen? Amen.